Hi there. Good morning to you. It is a good morning. Uh, the um, weather has improved here in Ithaca. Yeah, are people wearing shorts? I'm sure some college students are. Shorts and Crocs? Yeah, no doubt. So, some uh, Somebody I know recently did a uh, had a job interview, um, like an academic job interview, and the um the 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 people who were you know a- asking you know holding the interview what do you say what do you say when you th- do you throw an interview can i editorialize about this or are you looking for a, a, the, <laughs> anyway, the, the, the denotation they, or the connotation but they said uh they said they were they said you should have um professional you should look professional and and they specifically said don't wear crocs no crocs no crocs do a job interview yeah. who's who's gonna do that is that a thing people do now are the young wearing crocs to job interviews i don't think they probably are in 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 fields that that we're associated with but i bet that if you are applying for a job to be a professor of mathematics or something valuable to society <laughs> you can probably wear whatever you want to a job interview yeah. if you are uh uh like actually qualified yeah it may be only in our um, more subjective fields of, of, of English and, and languages that you have to put on a, a whole fucking show in order to, uh, to uh, I don't know, operate at all. Is this the beginning of the editorial portion of your uh, response? I love everyone, John. <laughs> I love everybody. Oh, but Ed, Ed, you told me, we, you know, we haven't had a podcast in like three weeks, and... Uh, or two and a half weeks, or something. And right, uh, I like we're, we're 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 doing weekly for a while. It was good. It was healthy. But then AWP you got new glasses. happened. Yeah, I did. You got like see through Devo glasses, right? That, you know, the kind of um, I'm kind of obsessed with glasses lately, as you may have noticed. Uh, a, a one of my graduate students, a woman named Ling Ma, who's a great writer, by the way. Um, I we I bumped into her and and a bunch of people on our staff uh, in English in the break room, and we got talking about glasses. And she said that there's this uh, Warby Parker competitor called Lookmatic, mm. and they have um, they have even cheaper uh, frames. I guess they're basically the same price, but they're trying to undercut Warby Parker. So I decided to give one a try because I had clear, and I wanted clear frames because I wanted to accentuate the gray in oh, my nice. hair and beard. And um, uh, so I gave it a shot, and they're great, actually. I, I like them better than the Warby Parkers. I can actually read with them. Um, They're actually quality, a quality product. Well, I'm on the. I think I said on a previous podcast, I'm on the cusp of needing uh, bifocals. So, um, also, Lookmatic does uh, progressive lenses as well. So, uh, I'll be able to, you know, once I cross that uh, Rubicon, I will in fact still be able to buy glasses from them. Warby Parker does not do progressive lenses yet. It's a. It's a. <clears throat> It's a problem in their business plan. Um, Good-looking glasses. Thank you. Looks good. Any other changes in the last two weeks? Uh, any changes? No. Any other radical shifts? No. Well, the uh, the the band started recording a new album. Oh, very good. Yeah, you can see the 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 tools of recording arrayed behind me. Probably, I uh, we did the first three songs, and I've been editing drum and bass tracks this morning. It's sort of like in uh, uh, if our drummer's listening to this, as he might he might well be. Uh, I think he'll understand. I say this with love, but editing his and Adam's uh, parts is like it's like watching uh, an old married couple argue over the remote control. Kind of. <laughs> I want to go. No, he said we go 120 beats per minute. Well, I want to go 132 beats per minute. No, 120. That is adorable in the way that the. The elderly are. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, uh, not but not much has changed in my life otherwise. But you interrupted yourself. You were talking about our unexpected uh, hiatus of several weeks. That, and I was going to ask what you meant when you emailed me saying that uh, your experience at AWP, the Associated Writing Program's annual conference, was not a good one. No, it was a nightmare. But it's a very specific. It's an actual nightmare that I have. In which I'm at a conference like AWP or you know any or a high school reunion or something, 
And instead of being the, the the nightmarish part of it is is having to be places, not being able to get to them. Yeah. Um, seeing people that I know and sort of know, want to know, or half know, or used to know. Yeah. Um, and trying to navigate all of this, the sea of faces and names and uh, emotions and associations, and all of it not and none of it quite meaning anything because of uh, hurrying and anxiety about getting somewhere, you know. Yeah. Um, and just having to cover large physical spaces um, kind of uh, uh, in, in, in too much, with, with too, much, uh, um, too much richness, too much st- stimulus, you know, and, and not being able to succeed at it, not being able to do it. Just getting mired in, in uh, um, uh, just getting getting lost. Basically, it's a feeling of of being lost. Is what it was like. Was this feeling heightened by the by the fact that you were in your own hometown? That's what it was. Uh, is that everyone else? It, it's a it's a vacation space it's, compared to other vacation spaces. Not as nice. A beach is nice, you know. But a convention center is still a vacation space. Um, that does not fit well with hurrying to catch a bus yeah. or hustling home to take care of your baby or, you know, yeah. it's like a casino, right? It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's out of time. It's out of space. Um, and, you know, the nightmarish part is, is it's a nightmare space that you, 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 you run, you run, you go down an escalator, and there's another escalator, and there's like an infinite, infinitely more escalators moving mm-hmm. very slowly. Through, the, through this space or you go through one giant room and there's another giant room that looks exactly like it as if you are yeah. making no progress at all <laughs> in, your, in your hurry hurry through you know yeah um, so the, the took away all and you know and I, I it was great of course seeing friends but it, I saw friends for 25 seconds which is better than not seeing them but still gives no is there I don't any, feel like I saw them. Is there you know? any other if reason? I was, if, I had been, if I had been actually there instead of in my hometown and trying to juggle home life, which is very tight, you know, with a, a toddler, yeah. um, and, and conference, I probably would have been able to relax. And, having, having been to conferences before, I know that I can't. I can yeah, just well, sit and talk to people. That's the, only, that it's the only reason to go, is it not? To see one. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think if it's in your own, if you're, it's in your own town, I don't think you should go. Yeah. Because it's not going to work. That's never a problem I'm going to have. <laughs> you don't think Ithaca is going to host it? No. It's a small, it's only 12,000 people. I mean, a lot of these, <laughs> these places are used to handling, you know, 30,000 people. I think conferences tend to be larger than this in professional fields. Yeah, maybe. There aren't many of us, though. We've talked about this before. We're a, we're a small town. We're a medium-sized, we're a small city. The, the community of writers. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, it's a little peculiar to have that many of us in the same place. I, I tried to stay off the internet. I failed, but I, I, I yeah. definitely curbed the, the internet use just because I, I, uh, I almost feel like now that I've been to AWP, the not going of AWP is also kind of a nightmare space. You know, mm-hmm. I had this experience where, so this friend of mine, a former student of mine, Laurel, um, uh, emailed me and said, "I just got to Seattle. I'm I'm at the uh, conference, and I don't know anyone. I'm here. Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. I I'm not sure what to do. Can you? Is there anyone I should hang out with? So I, you know, I uh, I said, yeah, you should hang out with these friends of mine. And I uh, te- I sent them a text message, all of them together, and mm-hmm. said, Hey, you guys, this is my friend Laurel. She's a fiction writer. She's at the conference. She's She's fun to be around. You should hang out with her. And what ended up happening is none of them ever found each other. Right. And over, But over those two days, I received every text message that they all <laughs> sent each other while trying oh, to, uh, right. to find yeah. each other. Yeah. I actually said – I actually had the presence of mind to say to one of the participants uh, – it was uh, uh, to Sharma, actually uh, – take me off the MMS please yeah. <laughs> and she uh, she refused no so they started just, this they yeah. just left me on there yeah. and um but the yeah. but i was both 
um, feeling sentimental, wishing that I could be with my friends uh, and have a good time. And on the other hand, feeling the anxiety of these people attempting, I'm going to go here. Well, I'm going here. Well, we're going to be here later. Ugh. And, uh, yeah. okay, well, I'll meet you there. And then, like, oh, where are you guys? Well, we didn't make it there. We're at this other thing. And um, they ne- they never met. They they yeah. sent they sent each other about fifty text messages and they yeah. never met. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were a couple of people that I was trying to meet up with um, that I never saw, and that that I I went I wanted to see more than you know a lot of other people. Um, I'm just too I'm too old for that. Yeah, you know, I'm too old for for for, for that, that that kind of anxiety. I'd rather just be home. Uh, and there's so many wonderful oddballs and geniuses and and uh, at this thing, but. Something about the conference, and I think it was the, the particular alchemy of it being in, in, in my own town and me not being in vacation space, yeah. just flattened everybody out into the same person. It was like I was talking to the same being the whole time that I was there, you know. Yeah, and I think people put their conference game on, you know. They, they get into conference mode, and uh, though that's kind of, that can be kind of delightful, it also means that everyone's in a similar mode. The 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 uh, rough edges of people's personalities are worn down, and I'm I you know, I think the nightmare space notion mm-hmm. is an important one. There's something about uh, you know, but uh, back in November, I had complained to you about the hotel I was staying in uh, when I was uh, in St. Louis mm-hmm. doing that uh, doing that residency. Uh, it was incredibly alienating. There were no all right. I don't think I ever told you this. So it was like five floors, and it was a huge, huge hotel. And for the first couple of days, I was the only person in it. I mean, it you know, there's there are hundreds of rooms. Uh, I was the only guest, and so I was in this massive barren space. Within a couple of days, some conferences got started, and there are various groups of people milling around all the time. There is no consistent way to get from one floor to the next in this building. You can take the elevator, but I usually, especially when I'm traveling, I tend not to get enough exercise, so I I don't like to use the elevator. I like to take stairs. From the first floor to the second floor, there's like this grand staircase, central staircase, Um, and it continues to the third floor. But to get from the third floor to the fourth floor, you have to go out a door and up this not out a door. You make a right turn. You go up this spiral staircase, this decorative spiral staircase. Then to get from the fourth to the fifth floor, you have to go out this door and go up this side stairwell. Outside, you go outside <laughs> from the fourth to the fifth. No, you don't. You know, it's like a it's a stairwell near the edge of a of the building, which only uh, the staff was using. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's open. You yeah. you need your you need your key card, but you can go. You can use it at will. But I was the only guest who probably used it all year. Yeah, ever, yeah. So I would shock the staff because that's where they would go to, you know, check their Smoke. check their messages yeah. or hide from the boss or what yeah. have you. Um, just like you know at AWP last year, trying to trying to take the stairs and bumping into that guy who was. And who who like jumped half out of his skin and said, and said, "Oh, you found my hiding space." <laughs> yeah. Just adds to the nightmarish nightmarishness of it, right? Yeah, it's like um, it's a nightmare that it's peopled with a lot of little um, uh, uh, little figures, you know, yeah. having with with their own nightmare going on, their own shame. <laughs> That's right. Being exposed, like in in the trial. When uh, I'm thinking, we're describing in these, these spaces. It's like your your former colleague um, Nabokov's uh, lectures on on literature. How he, yeah. he, he always maps out the spaces, right? Puts a real emphasis on mapping out these uh, these narrative spaces and showing how they are a part of how much how how central they are to the you know the the, the nature of, of the work. And he, you know, he maps out the, the metamorphosis. And he maps out all these you know Dickens spaces. Yeah, and points out says, "See, it's 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 in the architecture. This place is insane." Yeah, right. And uh, you know, in, in the trial, when when uh, uh, he he opens up the door, and there's the uh, um, his coworkers are being whipped in the room, and he goes in there the next day, and they're still being whipped. You know, you find you see that in hotels. I think literally, <laughs> I think people go to hotels for for volunteer whippings. <laughs> but, um, but you also sort of stumble onto other, you know. Uh, other people's nightmares. Well, N- the book off himself, of course, makes makes heavy use of uh, of weird spaces and mm-hmm. spaces that are inconsistent from moment to moment. They're t- they're temporally inconsistent, and so mm-hmm. you know, like in um, 
the prison in invitation to a beheading, which the you know the character finally escapes from, and then he goes on this sort of loop and ends up back in it somehow. You know, he gets led back into it because he's in, the warden invites him for dinner, and then suddenly he's back in his cell. And then, uh, you know, at the end of that book, the whole uh, – have you read that book? I haven't. All right. It's one, of the, it's one of the best death scenes ever in literature, to, to my mind. Uh, it's not really a spoiler to tell you that the, um, the, the set, if you will, collapses. Mm. Essentially, the, um, the, the entire setting of the novel proves to be, you know, like – I hope I'm not remembering this wrong. But uh, proves to be like just wooden – flat wooden things that collapse – and the and the uh, protagonist uh, stands up from the gallows and just not the gallows. What is it called? The the chopper. What is that? Gibbet? Guillotine. Guillotine. And goes uh, strolling off. He becomes huge and goes strolling off through the broken <laughs> set of the novel into the into the trees. Um, you know the and of uh, and the uh, castle in uh, uh, Pale Fire too. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, all these crazy tunnels that lead to unexpected places, but that's that's what conference centers are like. That's what hotels are like. They're not made. They're not human spaces, and I don't no. really understand the architectural impulse. First of all, they're made for giants, right? Yeah, infinitely tall ceilings, great doorways. Why? Are you back? Hi. Hello. Hey. Back? You on? Hey, I'm on. I think I got. We had a little moment. Yeah, I think it was on my end. Yeah. Anyway, no, no worries. Uh, um, I don't see you. Do you see me? I do see you now, but but you disappeared for a moment. Maybe right, this will stabilize. I don't see you, but it's okay. I can hear you. Um. So anyway, yeah. The, what I want to know is why. Uh, what exactly were these places designed for, if not for human beings to inhabit? I don't know. I mean, I, I suppose uh, architects are well read. They may have. They might be trying to do something to us, uh, <laughs> something cruel. You know, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like it. But I, I, I always, I'll, I'll look, I look forward to next year. I think I'll probably go to Minnesota. I yeah, think actually, I need to I go to to a race, a race this one. And it was, it was, it was valuable. I, I enjoyed. It. I, you know, I did have, I had a, in the in the middle of the nightmare. The nightmare was small parts of it. Which were mostly, the, but the, the, they were the. Yeah, I'm losing you, losing you. In the endings of the day, it was getting to places on time, and getting home on time. Now let's start the call over. Okay, we'll do it. All right, now I see you. All right. this, Great. This uh, doesn't your ears record all the way through this, right? Oh yeah, yeah, it's still going, and I'll just uh, I'll just Make edit that. Sense. Anyway, so it was, it was it was nice. I got to see some some people had some some nice highlights. Um, I don't think I saw Sharma at all, or if I did, it was very briefly. Um, had a nice lunch. Kwame Dawes and and uh, some people from the press had went out to Port Townsend with a car full of poets. And we ate, ate a bunch of seafood one night. Uh, <laughs> nice. Played a little piano at my editor's place, and we ate a lot of salmon and mussels and oysters. Um, a lot of I was there with a bunch of rowdy poet friends um, who were who have, who are taking the cure at least temporarily, and and so they weren't uh, drinking, and uh, so it was a it was a, it was all, all the ingredients for a wild couple of days. Because of the, the people, yeah, and and the roles that they've played in the past, and 
Instead, it was it was quite uh, calm and intelligent and thoughtful. What's up with that? If you take the whiskey out of the equation, suddenly you can have <laughs> you can have a nice talk. And I'm the guilty one, this you know, but uh, uh, it, was, it was a wonderful, wonderful little beginning to the to the trip. Well, that's good. And I got to uh, I was on a panel with uh, Stanley Plumley talking about, and Win Win Cooper and some other fine people talking about Richard Hugo, and uh, uh, I don't know if you know Plumley or, or his work, but I've never met him, but I've read him. You know, really, really fine poet and and really. Really smart and elegant uh, writer about poetry, particularly about Keats in the Romantic Circle. And uh, I knew that he would have prepared something really good, so I, I actually worked on my presentation, and just so that so that I wouldn't embarrass myself too badly in front of him. So, what'd you say about Richard Hugo? Oh, I, 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 I tackled the. It was it's, it's, it's a tribute to Hugo, so I didn't want to. We're there to say, you know, why people should pay attention to him. Um, but I, I just kind of started with the, the criticisms and the, the reasons why he's people people uh, take exception to him. Uh, I didn't know they did that. I didn't know no, people, people I mean, he's, 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 he's not particularly complex or, or articulate on the subject of women when they come up. Yeah. You know, Um which is which is true, and I said, you know, I, I sort of wish that he had been more because I I would have liked to have, I would like to be more so as well, and and he's <laughs> he's provided a lot of thoughtfulness and insight on, on other matters, um, but pointing out that that unlike a lot of his contemporaries, that was his subject, and he may not have been, he may have been inexpert at talking about women, but he talked about them, yeah, and very few of his of other, you know, male poets of his generation born in the twenties. Uh, did, you know, in any form? What did these men talk about? For Christ's sake, I don't, I don't think I would talk about anything else. Well, I'm not saying they weren't thinking about them. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they were. Or men, or or, or love, you know. But they were, um, I don't know. Um, under the influences of, of Eliot and Stevens, you just, you know, yeah, you don't talk about the body. You don't talk about desire, except as it's actually experienced. You know, right. everything's a little bit platonic to that generation. You know, so, I don't know. It was nice. It's a nice room, but uh, had some folks staying with us. Our old babysitters uh, from Missoula stayed with us, and we had a nice big dinner on there last night here. And then uh, one of them woke up. Vomiting at four in the morning. Oh, so hopefully it wasn't the the nice big dinner that we had. Maybe it was the whiskey that you didn't have, but uh, but that they did. There was no there was no whiskey with that. Did they come? Did they drive out in uh, in your old Volvo? They did not. They 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 rode with uh, um, with uh, our friend Virginia. Yeah, was the driver, I believe. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, you mentioned that. A lot of people came out from Missoula. They, you know, that was a caravan. A couple other caravans. Uh, Robert Stubblefield, former guest, and Deborah Erling came out. They drove out. And I think people had no trouble getting here, but there was a, a an arduous journey getting back. Yeah. Because uh, the avalanche happened while they were here. Missoula yeah. had an avalanche. Had the biggest blizzard in thirty years. I wanted to mention this, and uh, and I talked I talked to Virginia after all this happened. That she actually um, she actually went back before the before the storm uh or during i guess during it but knew that she didn't want to have to try to travel the following day and made it safely but the uh, yeah. but the uh, avalanche so yeah missoula had this crazy snowstorm there's five feet of snow piled on the sides of the road now but that avalanche happened exactly where the rock slide in my short story weber's head happens and you can even see in the picture on uh, pictures of the avalanche on the internet, um, you know, in the Missoulian and other places, the, you can see in the photo my old apartment building where the story takes place off to the off to the yep. left. It's almost like my my like goofy comedy has come to life and and injured people. Just in a, just in a different, uh, slightly different form. Yeah, 
like like a, like a like a like a someone who tells the future because sometimes you get some details wrong but get the general <laughs> gist of it true. Yeah, or you know, su summoned summoned a tragedy somehow. Yeah. The crazy thing is the 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 rock slide is. Uh, I don't know if you remember this story. It'll be in this collection I have coming out, but. Uh, it was a. It was sort of based on my experiences with this um, gently narcissistic fellow who was my roommate for a semester, a guy named John Roach. Do you remember that guy? Might have no. been before your time. This was your first year. Uh, it was my. Yeah, it was your been... second year. You were with. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, Old and Park. Yeah, it was the second semester of the first year, so you hadn't arrived yet. But I, um, Holtoff moved out and. Uh, this guy moved in. I just, you know, he was the first person to answer the ad. And um, he just was, he seemed like a sweet guy. But when he moved in, one of the first things that happened was he, when I was out, he made me dinner uh, when I, without telling me. And then I got home and I had, of course, already eaten. And he, he, he was angry at me. He was like, I made your dinner. This guy. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> you know, or he, you know, would um, he would be in his bedroom and he'd be listening to just horrible, horrible music, and uh, would tell me to come in and listen to it. And I would say, no, I, I can hear it from out here. It's not my kind of thing. And then he would like emerge with this really wounded look on his face, and he was lonely. How, how can you He's not a like this? Person. Yeah, I just I don't people disagree. So lonely with bully. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The lonely bully. So anyway, I wrote I wrote this story about him, and in it, he and uh, his girlfriend are uh, his fiance are are crushed in a rock slide, which is the um, the you know the big L on Mount Jumbo, or right. is it Sentinel? Stands no, it's for, Jumbo. It's Jumbo. It stands for Loyola. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't remember what it is in the can't remember what it is in the um, in my story, but the but the rocks all slide down the hill, so it's a white rock slide. Oh, it's the rocks from the letter. The, the rocks from the letter. Oh, so they're painted I white. I read the story. Right? So it is a, there's a rock slide of white rocks that crush the apartment building. And uh, it's, it is just this, it's this weird prediction of the avalanche. Oh, white rocks. Not so just rocks. Snow-looking rocks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you killed someone. A woman died in this avalanche. Oh, did she die? I knew they were injured. She died, yeah, she lived. It was an older older couple, retired professor and his wife, and they. Oh, they, uh, God. Uh, uh, she, uh, you know, they're frail. So pulled her from the avalanche, and she, I think she might have been unconscious, lived for three days. But, uh, uh, but uh, you know, the people who were pulled out, most of them were in there for, for hours. Jesus. You know, there's an eight year old, 10 year old who was, who was, who was, uh, you know, in there for an hour or so. Um, only it's amazing that only one person died, because you know, on, on if you're in skiers, snowmobilers, I mean, they often die. Known people who died in those things in, in avalanches, but you sort of know that that's a danger. Yeah. You don't think of an avalanche danger playing in your yard or standing at the kitchen sink. You don't think, you know, in the back. You think in the back of your head, okay, there could be an earthquake. You think there could be, um, you know. Uh, a domestic uh, uh, event somewhere in the neighborhood. Someone shoots a gun and it comes through the through the, through the door and hits me. Those yeah. are things that you, you say, "Oh, I, I have some sort of frame for that." Yeah, you're not thinking snow from above. No, you should probably living next to a mountain, but it just hadn't happened. You know. Yeah, I lived right up next. I lived right next to Mount Jumbo, a little cinder block place, a little farther down the Rattlesnake. Yeah, uh, never occurred to me. Uh, mountain lion attack. I thought of grizzly bear attack. <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah. of. Survivalist weirdos, uh, elk goring, trying to walk up it, uh, and and uh, having a heart attack. These are things I thought about. Yeah, but, I did that I, without the heart attack. I did walk up there and I walked to the L. Walked to the L. Yeah. Yeah, it's not as not as well beaten a path as the path to the M on the other mountain. But so yeah, um, uh, it it was it's bizarre and sad. Yeah. Was it, yeah. The descriptions of it, you know, that it was like a plane crashing, is um, what it sounded like. Uh, happens very fast. It was going at probably 120 miles an hour. By the time oh it hit those God. houses, yeah. Jesus spooky. Christ! Spooky. But um, but our, our our friends all made it back to Missoula to the yeah. town where these horrible things happen willingly. Um, but I think they had 
they had a rough rough trip. Yeah, getting back. Yeah, it was Doublefield said that they they had to stop. It might have taken three days to do it. Oh my fact. god! Uh-huh. They might have gone to Spokane or Sprague, and then and then maybe to Wallace, and then Missoula. Um, AWP is in uh, the middle of April next year. Did you notice that? No. It's almost as if they scheduled it, pre- predicting that bad weather would ruin it. Yeah, Minnesota. Minnesota. Minneapolis. That's all right. I don't know. I might. I might. I might not go. Well, one thing is, you know, is um, I don't have a job still, and I don't know when. I'll ever have a job, and I don't think it will ever be a university job, one of these teaching jobs. So um, going to AWP is a little weird. I know it's become just kind of a writer's conference generally, but it isn't really. It's a professional conference for professors of of creative writing. In theory, it is, yeah. Yeah, Um, which I am not. And so I'm beginning to feel uh, a little calcified about that. Is that so? I'm developing opinions about the field uh, the longer I stay outside of it that, that hopefully I won't ever have to um, articulate. It's uh, like a crank, but uh, that day may come, my friend. Yeah, well, I am, you know, we've ta- we talk about this a lot, of course, and I'm, I am uh, increasingly uh, aware of my own tendency to be very cranky about this relationship between uh, art and academia, which is a constant source of, of mild stress. And, mm-hmm. uh, although, you know, there is no conference. The thing is, AWP is so huge that there is no alternate conference for people who don't really want to talk about the, the pedagogical and scholastic aspects of the craft of writing who just want to hang out with writers. So you kind of got to go yeah. if you, you want to go. see it's the good, writers. Yeah, it's, a good, it's, a good, it's a good book fair. And, you know, I get I, I, I got to be on a couple couple panels. I got to, you know, talk about things that are on my mind and read my poetry. And so that's no one else, you know. So it's, 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 it's a very generous with me. Um, they they eventually did open it to the public, right? There was a, there was a little tempest in a teapot about uh, the fact that they weren't because of tax reasons they weren't going to as they traditionally do open the book fair to the general public for the last day of the conference, and people were very am- angry about this on the internet. One of the reasons why they're angry is because it it seemed not to be true that there was tax reasons that kept them from doing it. There seemed oh. to be some other some other reason um, uh, that you know. Somebody else, either short-sightedness or, or laziness, seemed to have made that that decision, or somebody just didn't understand that the, the tax thing could be easily resolved. In fact, the city went out of its way to to, to make it happen. Um, do, you, do you think there was an ulterior motive then for wanting to get rid of the public day? Well, I think the motive might have been. Um, somebody said, you know, why, why can't, who, who said, who told the gorilla that it couldn't come to the uh, ballet, the Louis C.K. joke? Oh. Who told the gorilla that they, that it couldn't come to the ballet? The people in charge of that particular decision. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, so the people in charge of this particular decision. Um, <laughs> Is that a joke his kid made up or something? Yeah, his kid, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the people in charge of that. <laughs> whose call that is yeah uh, um, I think the people in charge of the particular decision might have been uh, maybe just not thought that it was important you know that why would people want to come to this book fair or maybe there's one of the booksellers doesn't want people to come or there's some misunderstanding yeah there's probably something very small and petty um I'm glad they opened it because I saw, on Saturday I did I saw a lot of people from Seattle there a lot of um, people who aren't connected at all to to, to teaching it or or, uh, or or you know but are are book people from around Seattle were there in hordes buying you know I saw what they were buying they were buying twenty thirty copy you know books great you know. Great. No, I know that the I know that the the press is uh, really depend on that. So, uh, 
Yeah, they like to. They, they brought stuff to sell. They'd like to sell it. Right. I don't have to haul it back. You know. They're, it's it's they're trying to create readers. They're hope. They're, you know, the thing the thing the thing that the the. the The, the insane thing at the, at the back of the mind of, of people who are of me and other people who are like, well, why, why wouldn't you open the book fair to the public? Is this sense that that just the idea of of there being an audience for literature uh, seems to be something that some of these people have just written off, just is, is, is inconceivable. Maybe through disappointment uh, and maybe through haughtiness. Yeah. Well, why would you? Why would people? Why would you let people in here? They'll see what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they'll see us for the frauds that we are. I do. I do think that it's uh, that whole controversy was a powerful metaphor of the of the problems of the self conception of writers in academia. Uh, the the real in, inside outside thing is is upsetting. Yeah. Well, it's 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 a useful survival tactic because most of most of the people who are there calling themselves writers are not very good well in, or, inevitably or, or at, yeah they're not good writers um, and not writers at all in, in the sense of writing things and publishing things right. um, and so scrutiny just sort of exacerbates that truth if you keep it in the nightmare dream space, then it's 12,000 geniuses <laughs> milling um, around, like in some painting of, of, uh, of, uh, of uh, you know, Plato's Academy or something. You know? Plato's Academy? That's not, I'm getting things wrong. People walking around gorgeously in their robes, <laughs> speaking beautifully in the Arcades. Okay. Am I cranky enough? Yeah, you're super like cranky today, like man. I feel like I'm, it's early. It is. It's super uh, early for you. It's what? What is it? Seven forty right now? What is wrong yeah. with you? I don't know. You want to talk about food? A little bit. You know what I ate the other night? <laughs> so you know, I'd been complaining that uh, that belly, the artisanal pork uh, food truck. Uh, yes, right. Ithaca, right. Uh, left uh, my favorite bar uh, where they had been lodged every weekend, and so, and it was, which is always the source of food for our band when you know after soundcheck. Uh, but the bar has rallied, and they are uh, they're getting another local restaurant in on weekends, and during the week, they're making food in house now. In then they're doing it food truck style with a little table where you order one of six things that cost ten dollars and they make it for you and they bring it out to you in the bar um and i uh ate a um i ate a burger a a, a beef hamburger beef that had been dredged in batter and deep fried mm-hmm. i'm interested now a batter fried you're, you're drawing my thoughts away from from literary matters. That is my every, plan. That's my intent. With, with with every detail of this burger. It's sort of a, a sort of a beer batter, maybe with maybe a, a cornmeal beer batter, perhaps. I wasn't yes, quite sure yes. what it was made of because the it's not the kind of thing I could have examined closely in the in the loud half dark of the bar and been able to discern any particular grain. It was just like a big old mess. But um, it was very good, Ed. And I have to say, I only I could only eat half of it, which is extraordinarily rare for me. I usually eat everything. Onion, pickle. Uh, yep. Yeah, it was fairly traditional on top. There was, no, there was some kind of special sauce. Radish sprouts. No, that would have been all right, though. Uh, but it was the burger that was important. It was very hot inside and very moist. The, uh, the batter. Like right off the grill or very spicy? Uh, it was not especially. Oh no no no! Like hot in temperature, not in. Uh, yeah. uh, in fact, that's my one complaint about it is that the actual flavor of the meat was a little bit bland. They sh- they could have uh, mixed in some some goodies in there, but um, uh, the the process I imagine of frying it in batter trapped trapped the moisture of the 
of the beef mm-hmm. in there. So it was a very greasy, runny, war- warm, and yes. moist hamburger. It was very good. Very yes. good. Yes. Yes. Very good. Yeah. And then uh, we, this week we had our, our uh, some of our old students came back to the to the old university to give a reading, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, p- people whose first books came out recently. Uh, and we honored them by inviting them back. People such as, uh, people such as, um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up because um, I, I don't. don't th- out. And I, well, uh, <laughs> I I knew two of them personally when they were students mm. here. Um, uh, and uh, but the uh, other guy who is who lives in Ithaca and I barely know, um, but who I like very much i just you know hung out with him for the first time the other night oh that's it jose bedoya is his name mm-hmm. uh and his uh reading was fantastic very very peculiar uh poems uh my old friend beth rogers came back mm-hmm. to read from her book chord box and also her new poems which are uh which mostly take place on mars good place for poetry yeah um, I thought I thought they were really good. I'd read a few of them before, but some of them were new. She read from a crown of sonnets about uh, about future on Mars, and then uh, Anne Marie Rooney, who graduated the same year as Beth, uh, and his her books are The Buff and Shell of an Egg in an Effort. Oh, those are chapbooks. Uh, Spitshine, that's her book, um, and she was good too. So, um, but I tell you all this not to talk more about the literary world, but to tell you we went out to dinner, as you do after these things, and uh, went to this sort of Asian-y, fusion-y restaurant on the commons here in Ithaca. Was it an Asian jazz fusion restaurant? Oh, if only it were. If only it were, things might have been different. Uh, no, I, I, uh, and I and I ate well again there. Uh, what the hell did I have, though? Oh, uh, red snapper with some prawns on top in a very spicy nice. tomato nice. sauce. Whole fish? Uh, no. Filet, and uh, but then I, I, I here's the, but here's the sort of summation of all this. My body doesn't want me to overeat anymore. Mm. Uh, I I am ravenous, and I eat all the time, and I eat everything that's put in front of me, and uh, mostly have historically been able to burn it off because I'm. I have a high metabolism, metabolism, and I'm kind of a nervous wreck, and I don't stop moving ever. And so, uh, but I think that's changing, Uh, and it's not changing in the fact that I'm just gaining a lot of weight, uh, luckily, but it's changing that I feel terrible Mm. when I eat even a little bit more than I absolutely need to eat. Not just your belly, but just kind of the whole system. The whole system. I feel nauseated. I feel achy. This This is only the past few months. More sauerkraut. You need more sauerkraut. That's the solution? Or sauerkraut juice. Which really? Is, which is on the market. Frank's sauerkraut juice, I think, is available in many For For what many purpose? Stores. Uh, it combats that Logie feeling, is what it says on the side of the, of the can. Really? Of Frank's, wait, Frank's wait, sauerkraut wait. juice. Frank's kraut juice. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm looking this up. Yeah, for that Logie feeling. Uh, you know, this is, could be the next pickle That's right through. There it is at walmart.com. No, I'm going to the my my Frank's Kraut website. Frank's is always looking for new faces for our labels. Oh, they put their they put their uh, customers on their labels. Cuz they care. We were just up in Sheboygan, Wisconsin at Brat Days. Check out the latest photos. Frank's News. Check out the Omaha Reuben sandwich lovers like who the beginning of a uh, Ann Beatty story. <laughs> We were up in Sheboygan at from Crowd Days. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, she. Someone ought to tell her about that. Frank's Kraut and Frank's Kraut Juice. I'm ex- I'm just shocked at this. This should be a thing that um you know I've told I've told you about those uh, uh picklebacks that I've been drinking at the bar. The mm-hmm. shot shot right. of whiskey, right. shot of pickle juice, yeah. PBR chaser. Yeah. yeah. Uh. But maybe maybe the kraut juice is next. Maybe that's the next thing. A lot of the same, a lot of, a lot of the same health benefits, I imagine. Yeah, uh, you, you say that with a with a wry smile. <laughs> well, I think it's healthy. I think it. Uh, I don't know what it is. I guess it's brine. I don't know. I don't know what the kraut juice is. 
Yeah. Some things are leached from the cabbage, but mostly it's vinegar and brine, I suppose. Water. Brine. It may not make you feel better, but it will change the subject. <laughs> That's the new slogan. <laughs> Frank's Crouches. May not make you feel better, but it will change the subject. <laughs> to crab juice. Oh, man. It's good stuff. Well, those are pretty good food. Anarchists. I hope I, I hope to eat well tonight. I'm going to a, a wedding. Oh, yeah. Our you friend Tweez is getting married. It'll be a Vietnamese wedding. Both sides of Vietnamese. Uh, traditional Vietnamese wedding uh, reception, I believe. What's that consist of? I haven't been to one. We'll find out. We'll find out. I was told that it will be good. All right. And oh, so, and, so the, and so the food will also be Vietnamese. Well, maybe. Maybe it'll be barbecue. I don't know. We'll... Could be Vietnamese barbecue. Could be stewed chicken. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's nice to be invited. I'm looking forward to it. In in what context do you know these friends? Pharmacists. Oh, yes. So Jill's pharmacy pals. Twee and her her little sister Twee, who's also in the program. Two years apart. Wait, Twee and Twee? Yeah, I'm not sure which Twee is getting married. Uh, Probably... Twee, older Twee, I think. They're both named They're Twee. Both twee. They are. Is that, is that their surname and people just call them by their surname? No, it is not. How did this happen? I think it happens all the time. <laughs> T-U-I? T-H-U-Y, I suppose, right? T-H-U-Y. Twee and Twee. Um, we, we, well, last night we had... Uh, um, Getting up very early, which is if he goes to bed, you know, eight thirty, wakes up at six. That's fine. That's good. Yeah, um, I don't need to lay around in bed till nine like I would like to. I don't need to do any of the things that I would like to do, John. <laughs> um, but we uh, it, was, it was it was it was kind of a rough day. Everything was a struggle yesterday. Oscar was fine, but you know, I had to go to the post office with Oscar, and it was a half hour. And, and uh, they were really mean in there. I have this, this screaming toddler in my arms. And there's a woman. She's on break. And she's standing at the window looking at all of us. I think if you're on break, go somewhere else. Yeah. Go away. Enjoy your break. Don't stand there and scowl at the customers like well, they're your problem. That's, you know, it, I think for some people, they can't enjoy their break if they're not looking at the people they are not, they do not have to serve. Right, it's true. They're counting, yeah. And this only happens at the the, the post office. There's always close them down. There's always people at the post post offices. Privatize it. Close it down. Just out of vindictiveness against this one woman. Yeah. Close the entire (laughs) system down. (laughs) I was the the last time I got pissed at the post office. I, I always get annoyed there, but. I was uh, I had to fill out a form. I had to fill out a customs form, mm-hmm. and there are no pens anywhere. They're not going to lend you a pen. You should bring your own pen. And so I went up to the counter, and of course I had to. There's no one to ask except for the people who are serving the people in line, and there's a line of 25 people because there are not enough clerks to serve the customers. And I had to kind of elbow in on someone else's transaction and say, excuse me, there aren't any pens. Uh, do you have a pen I could use? And the, uh, the, the postal clerk drew a deep sigh and said, they just keep walking away. That is the pens keep walking away. And I thought, you know, so you're punishing us by not giving us pens because people take the pens. Shut so it down. I, I, I feel like, what? Close them down. Close them down. Interject. Another reason to close them down. Close down the post office. They won't yeah. give John pens. Pens keep walking away. Yeah. I think. I think if you if you are going to force people to fill out these asinine forms in which you have to you know you you have to wedge the letters into little boxes that you, your handwriting doesn't fit in and they're redundant. 
it's 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 horrible. Anyway, uh, you got to you got to provide them with pens. And yeah. the idea that like they're pissed at me because I am the public who steals pens. Well, of course people walk off with pens. You don't th- you don't think when you're holding a pen. You just stick it in your pocket. It's not like people are yeah. maliciously stealing pens. You put it behind your ear. How much, away. Is, how much is a pack of Bix? How much does you know a pack happened, of Bix? Somebody else brings a pen in and they and they forget it and they leave it there. It all kind of evens out. <laughs> not not to them. Pens keep yeah. walking off. Keep walking off. Shut it down. So what what do you what will be in its place, Ed? Anything? Email. Really? Yeah, it's already here. <laughs> They're gonna shut down, right? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think we can be a country without a postal service. I mean, we can. We can be a country without this one particular distinguished older woman <laughs> at the Greenwood branch the post of the post office. Just standing there looking at you. Just standing there. Her bad hair, <laughs> ugly teeth. What else did your day of struggle consist of? It's mostly that, but I kind of put it all, put it all on edge. <laughs> I had trouble getting a cup of coffee in the morning. That uh, Jill had some, uh, you know, some work phone calls, and so we had to get out of the house really quickly. And uh, uh, so had, yeah, Oscar was really uh, active, so we went to the Gasworks Park, which was great. We were running around, and it was beautiful, and you could see the city and the boats. And all, all I could think was, God damn, I want some coffee. <laughs> Jesus, why isn't there any coffee in this beautiful place? A little coffee stand right up here, right on this hill. Wouldn't that be nice? Or oh. somebody just walk along and say, I'm, I'm, half, I'm done with this coffee. Would you like to finish it? I said, yes, thank you. <laughs> That's very nice of you, universe. <laughs> um, but then it was, it was a swage. There, there were highs and lows yesterday. Um, the high was, so we, I stopped at uh, this place, Rue, that I've mentioned, this new, yeah, yeah. Uh, new restaurant um, that's open in the old Buckaroo Tavern. New Orleans restaurant. Uh, I was driving by and I saw that they, even though it's mainly a lunch and dinner place, they open at 8 a.m. for uh, for a chicory coffee and beignets. There's nothing wrong with that. So went in, table. I said some nice beignet, little coffee. It was, it was dark and tasted like roots. It was good. Yeah. Oscar was happy. He got to have some some sugar, and uh, and mostly it was there were a few people in there having coffee and. and and beignets. Mostly, it was they're doing kind of prep work, and it's an open kitchen, so they were they were listening to uh, uh, listen to a lot of Bobby Brown. There's a lot of Bobby Brown hits going yeah. on, which is great. If it's Oscar could dance to it, does it open it's his ki- prerogative? Open kitchen mean that uh, the chefs can go uh, cook at other kitchens if they want? <sighs> if they want to, but they haven't. It's it's in theory, it's an open kitchen. <laughs> But they haven't actually tried it out yet. <laughs> uh, no, that sounds wonderful. And uh, I actually think more beautiful parks should have coffee stands. There is, um, oh shit, what's the near? There's this place in London near Bloomsbury, near the near the British Museum. I can't remember what park that is. But when I was teaching there a couple of years ago, uh, my morning ritual was to walk into this park. On the way, I'd get a little fruit from the fruit stand on the street. Oh, nice. All right, I'd get some grapes and a banana, and then I would walk over to uh, this little cafe and get a nice big hot cup of coffee and these uh, uh, piece of focaccia that had been kind of grilled in olive oil. They put it in like a you know a you know the the industrial version of a what like a like a George Foreman grill. You know, like you press the thing in there, and it makes the focaccio very uh, crispy. And I would sit down with a couple of pieces of that and my fruit and my coffee, and that would be my breakfast. And I would read in this cafe for an hour with the beautiful park outside. And um, I very civilized, very civilized. Think about that. That was two years ago, three years ago. I think about that every day. Every day I want that. Every day I want to sit in that cafe in London and eat my focaccia and drink my coffee and look at the beautiful park. Why does that not exist in all parks? Vindictiveness. The people who are in charge of that particular decision <laughs> don't have enough foresight. Yeah, that sounds very nice. I should say that, that there's no shortage of places to get coffee in Seattle. No. But there are some routes in which there's not a coffee place. 
Yeah. That needs to be corrected. <laughs> I, I happen to take one of the routes. Um, but you, you know, electronic coffee would would uh, solve this problem. Satisfy it. a coffee tablet. You know, it's an addiction. I've had some other other good food um, lately. I made uh, uh, I made a couple of soups. Made a nice gumbo a couple of days ago. Good. Mardi, Mardi Gras was Tuesday. Once again, we were not in New Orleans for it, which makes it a very painful day. Yeah, that was adding to the AWP. Part of it, it was a nightmare, is that I wasn't in New Orleans during Mardi Gras weekend. Why hasn't AWP been in New Orleans? Just a nightmare. Hmm? It has. It wasn't the first one I ever went to. Two thousand one, oh, really? I think. Two thousand three. Not sure when it was. Um, they put it in a very bad uh, hotel. It was a night. It was it was a very poorly run AWP. It was a nightmare. They, hotel. they chose poorly. Yeah, they chose poorly. It was a good idea to have it in New Orleans, but they didn't have it at like the convention center. Um, they had it at two small places, kind of run and kind of phony. So was that uh, before uh, the before the flood? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. In fact, the the hotel where they had it is is now closed, and I believe demolished. Ah. And never reopened after the flood. That was it. They, they demolished it because of the flood or because of AWP having failed there. Right? AWP. Yeah. There, were, there were some unfortunate couplings, and they just couldn't. The horror was terrible, you know, and they just decided to tear it down. Had to purify that ground after the terrible AWP. It did. Year. Yeah. There were some really bad readings. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, Mar- you, Mardi Gras, did you, try to, did you try to eat food that. Uh, you no, we had eaten? for Mardi Gras day. We had we had pork chops. Yeah, it wasn't. But then I made up for it a couple of days later. Made a nice nice pot of gumbo. But in between, I had uh, you know I'm working on this triggering town review. Our big show, August twenty third, Hugo House, a living poem, uh, wait, wait, ecstatic wait. bumble. We've got a date for it. It's our big variety show, poetry, nice. living poetry theater, musical. Um, I'm using lots of words to describe it because I haven't. There's a lot of choices that I haven't made about it right. yet, except that I figured if I get all the, 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 the smartest and funniest people that I know in Seattle together, um, uh, we'll, we'll put together something fantastic. And we've had Cannot some go good, wrong with that plan. No, and it's just coming together. Coming together better than, I, than I, 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 I thought it could. And we've had some planning meetings. That our project manager came over. Well, you have a project manager. With her posse. And... Uh, um, and I made uh, two soups, a uh, cauliflower brie soup, yeah, and a uh, butternut squash soup. Nice. Never made either one before. The Where's butternut it? squash soup turns to be very easy. What you take is a butternut squash, you steam it, you mash it, and you add some stock, and it's it's that's all. You don't need much more than that. You don't. It makes its own soup. Got to be good stock though. Touch it with your magic wand, and it's a soup. Put a little cream in it, some seasonings. You, know. you declare it soup. Take a poblano, a couple of poblanos, and you you can kind of uh, 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 crisp them up and chop them up fine. You can mm. put that in there. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. Cauliflower brie soup was nice. Uh, hold it's on. about half brie. It's about a 16 brie. Yeah, that's still a lot of a that's pretty a lot good of, proportion. Brie that's for a, a lot of goddamn. Brie, that's not yeah. itself free. Yeah. Yeah. Cauliflower. Two heads of cauliflower. Uh, a kind of, you know, mirepoix, and uh, stock cream. Brie. I'm still soup. not. I'm still not feeling it. I. I mean, it was good. You liked it. Was it a hit? It was really good. You like cauliflower? I like cauliflower. You like the cauliflower soup? Did the project manager's posse like it? They seem to. They ate it all. They brought some bread, some, some no-need bread. I guess it's well-known bread, the recipes from yeah. the New York Times. Yeah, Rian makes it. It is spectacular. Yeah. You put the ingredients together and you let it for a day and a half or half a day or a day. 17 hours. That's less than one day, I guess, but overnight perhaps. Yeah. I'm and, gonna. Uh, I'm definitely gonna link to this on the in the notes. Uh, the no need bread. Please do. People awesome. should know about this. So then we made it yesterday. Yeah. Um, 
and it turned out not as good. They, she's made it a number of times. I think it helps to have exactly the right kind of oven, Dutch oven or skillet, yeah, which we don't have, but it turned out really nicely. It's a good. It's a good meal. Yeah, I think I think your uh, cauliflower brie soup and some uh, no need bread. That's a that's like three days of uh, three days of eating right there. Pretty if good you, if you play your cards right. Good, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, that's uh, you know I I am uh, I'm sort of tr- I've been treading water because because I'm teaching all these classes. I'm working two jobs, which and I'm enjoying it actually very much. Both my what do you eat? What do you eat in Syracuse? That's a very good question. Um, Thank you. The uh, the answer seems to be uh, something from this Greek place, mm-hmm. uh, or is it Greek? It's Middle Eastern, maybe. It's called King David, and uh, I go there with Dana Spiata or so, Bruce like Smith. It, or, it might be uh, Israeli themed. Yeah, quite quite possibly, quite possibly, and uh, have usually some. Uh, some kind of uh, vegetables or meat over rice and uh, a little hummus, a little tabbouleh, maybe some pita, a little bit of falafel, a little variety plate is what I go for. A little bit. Yeah. And then I, uh, and then that sustains me on my drive back to Ithaca in the afternoon. Is that a special plate that's the variety plate, or do you have to ask for all those things individually? No, I just don't remember what it's called. It, there, are, there are several dishes in various combinations that t- that can take this form, and I usually do they call it them. the Goliath. They do. They, they do not. They do not. Is there something care. on the menu called the Goliath? There should be something called the Goliath. The, uh, the this restaurant is inadequately themed. Yeah, you would find uh, the think. sling. I mean, you can so, do a lot. There was a, there was a moment of drama there a few weeks ago when um, uh, the, fir- the first time I went, uh, Bruce Smith wanted to go there because he had had this wonderful thing it, it was it came in a bowl came in a big bowl a big ceramic bowl filled with rice and meat and vegetables and it was this perfect thing that he was very excited to get and it was with great enthusiasm that he said i want that uh, bowl i want that bowl that i got here last week and the woman mm-hmm. remembered him said oh yes of course we'll we'll bring that to you so 15 minutes later our conversation is interrupted by the uh, waitress returning, gives Bruce his bowl. However, it's not a ceramic bowl. It's an edible bowl. It's an edible, crispy bowl made of greasy pita. Nice. He didn't think Wasn't so. what he wanted. No. I've, I've rarely seen seems a man, special. Rarely seen a man more disappointed. He just was utterly bewildered by this thing and and made a go of it. He didn't eat the bowl almost as if he were honoring its correct form, which is to say oh, ceramic. Nice. Uh, but the following week, he he said, "I want the bowl, and I want the ceramic bowl. Don't give me the edible bowl." And the waitress said, "Oh, well, that was something new we were trying. Don't don't give me that that bowl. Give me the ceramic bowl." It was the same dish. It was the same food, right? It was the same, it was food, the same yeah. meal. I think the vessel is important. I think you should you shouldn't unless unless directly asked your 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 table setting should not be edible or it should not be surprisingly surprise edible. Your fork <laughs> should not right. suddenly be oh and you, the person shouldn't come to the table at the end of the meal and say oh you can eat the fork. It's <laughs> not it's not a warranted surprise. Or worse, you even if it's delicious, you didn't eat, you didn't eat your fork. Are you feeling all yeah. right? <laughs> no, no, no. You know, we worked we worked on that fork for a long time. <laughs> hey, Oski. Hey. The boy is home. We're actually oh, look at his look at his uh, um leather jacket. Hey, Oscar, what's up? He's got a leather jacket. Oh, that is nice. <laughs> He's looking like an extra in the thriller video. Yeah, on a scooter. Huh? We got him a little scooter. He's been impelling a scooter around. Okay. Which is which is good. Can I read you a poem about a little boys on scooters? Yeah, go ahead. Then we're just about time to wrap up. You want to close with that? This is from Les Murray, the Australian ah, poet. Sure, I know him. I mean, not personally. Little boy impelling a scooter. Little boy on a wet pavement near nightfall balancing his scooter, his free foot 
spurning it along, his every speeding touchdown striking a match of spent light, the long concrete patched with squeezed dry impacts coming and going, his tires rubber edge splitting the fine water. He chinks the handlebars and trots around them, turning them back, and stamps fresh small impulsions maddeningly on and near, often behind his earlier impulses. Void blurring pavement stars, void blurring wheel noise, uneven with hemmed outsets, as the dark deepens over town, to bear his rapture, to smile, to share in it, requires attitudes all remote from murder, watching his bowed intent face and slackly trailing sudden pump leg passing and mm, repassing under power lines and windy leaves and the night skies interminable. It's less Murray. Man, you know, Skype... uh, It's that one line. It's all description. It says, except... except, uh, um, to, 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 to share this feeling means that you have to have an attitude that's very far from murder. Yeah, remote from murder. That was a, that was a very surprising line. Unfortunately, Skype botched the last couple of lines of the poem. You want to read the last two lines again? Uh, to bear his rapture, to smile, to share in it requires attitudes all remote from murder. Watching his bowed, intent face and slackly trailing, sudden pump leg passing in hum, repassing under power lines and windy leaves and the bared night sky's interminable splendors. Nice. From the book called The Daylight Moon. It's good. I'll, uh, I'll put it in the links. And in the meantime, my friend, would you please have a uh, good uh, weekend? I hope. Only if you promise to as well. I will. I will, my friend. Are you hungry for lunch? Well then let's have lunch Do you want some lunch? Well then we'll give you some lunch Do you have a hankering for lunch? Well then come to lunch Cause it's time for lunch Box with engine That's right, it's time for lunch